Here we go. AKA Padgers. I'm Peter A. DeLuca. I am your pop culture pope. And right here, right now, you're listening to it. Episode 283 of AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. And guess what we're talking about? Talking about a movie long forgotten already. It has passed on. It came out. No one cared. It cost a lot of money. No one cared. It is well done. We're talking Ghost in the Shell. What exactly is Ghost in the Shell? Because I know a lot of people, I, I think that title's a little too abstract, but it's perfect. We're going to get into it. Thank you for joining me. Let's rock and roll. Everyone, we're, we're, we're talking about the visionary. We're, we're talking about someone that uh, sees worlds and puts them on film. Now, Back in the day, back in the day, and look, look, we're not talking about myself, but back in the day, you literally had to put the film, like, put put the world into the film, meaning it, it, everything had to be practical. We're talking Pinewood Studios, giant sets, we're talking like Ridley Scott, making legend, having all of that burned down during the, the production, maybe that's another episode, but we're talking worlds that were physically built. And then, guess what happens? Uh, we get Jurassic Park. Yeah, a couple uh, advances in computer technology before Jurassic Park. But it's, it's like Jurassic Park. And then we get the Star Wars movies. And then we get, like, you know, kind of like Kubrick. Kubrick seeing Jurassic Park and saying, you know what? You know what? Uh, I, I think I can make that AI movie, that artificial intelligence movie. And we get this advancement in computer-generated effects substantial advancements to the point that it uh, fires the imaginations uh, of geniuses of genius I I don't know what's the plural of genius and we have the likes of Stanley Kubrick Steven Spielberg George Lucas these people are not just workhorses some filmmakers are workhorses they're like the membrane of the industry they they ebb and flow between projects but they keep studios in business but then we have this like other layer and the power of computer generated imagery computer generated effects changes the way we look at movies changes the way because the the process of making the movies different meaning we don't need pinewood studios anymore we can just do it we just do it so we got nothing holding us back so we get this like influx of movies that should have been made before but couldn't have been made before because filmmakers who held on to the rights and to these properties and to these ideas and had the clout within Hollywood to make such a movie. They couldn't make the movie. They, they, they held themselves back because all the technology at the time was limiting. Ghost in the Shell. Same as Battle Angel Alita. Episode 282. Previous episode. These movies have been floating around for a long time. And the technology had to catch up to the ideas. Now, both of these movies are anime. Meaning that they're Japanese animation. Both of these movies are also based on manga. Japanese comic books. And 
we call it manga because the correct way of reading manga is from right to left, not left to right. And even though uh, I believe if a manga is printed in the correct format from left to right, it should just be called a, a comic book. But that's a, uh, again, perhaps another discussion for a different time. So Hollywood catches up to the 90s imagination boom of future cyborgs, you know, uh, dirty future, dirty cyborg. Yeah, you know, I say dirty because there, there's like a grit to uh, these two stories. There's like a grit to Akira. There's a grit to Giver Bio Booster Armor. Um, it came from more of a polished era where visually we had things like Eight Man After, Lock to Superpower. You can look any of these up, and it went from like a polished Americanized feel, and then. Japanese manga, Japanese animation just exploded into ideas. And it took Hollywood far too long to get into this. Now, during the 31 Days of Dread, I discussed a movie called Priest. Okay? Priest at the time. And I said it at the time because I didn't get into these two movies. (laughs) Back in October or... I got into them since October, but I said Priest was like the best, like anime, you know, like the best interpretation of a manga that that we've had on film yet. Now that's a small category because we even have attempts uh, at Giver. You know, that was a so I think Mark Hamill was in the sequel for that, but Giver was like a B movie, mostly special effects based. Uh, We had Fist of the North Star. Very similar, like, production values, uh, time of production, uh, look and feel. Meaning, you know, these people got these properties. They made live-action movies, and they did the best they could. Now, I believe both of those movies should uh, 100% be explored. So, we get Ghost in the Shell. It comes out. This dude, the guy who makes this movie, Rupert Sanders... This guy is a visionary in the day of computer-generated effects, meaning he is the modern-day Ridley Scott. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, I don't even know what this guy's even working on now, but whatever he touches, I'm interested in. And he's got two movies to his name, which is shocking. And we're also living in an age where this generation understands digital processes, digital production to the point that they come out on fire. I mean, I haven't seen this many like big budget movies, tentpole movies, uh, quote unquote, this is your shot movies, you know, Godzilla, Tron Legacy. It goes on and on. Really big list. A lot of the Marvel movies, same fashion. But people, relatively people you never heard of, getting opportunities to make landmark movies. And they're hitting it out of the park. Now, what they do after uh, is questionable. Sometimes it's suspect. Uh, Sometimes it's not. So this guy makes a movie, Snow White and the Huntsman in 2012. By all means, that movie should have been garbage. And it's not. It is one of the best fantasy movies ever put onto film. Now, look, when I do my fantasy movies, I have to put Lord of the Rings as one movie. 
because it's just the way they shot it, just the way they made it. Two Towers, Fellowship of the Ring. Return. Ooh. Excuse me there. You know <laughs> you know the drill. It's it's the morning and uh, I get morning phone calls. Uh, thank you, 9 to 5. <laughs> and look. These guys kind of fade away after they, they make these movies. And I don't know why. Now, I think it's indicative of the generation and how well they understand their stuff. And the physical restraints of making you know ideas like this come to life. Ideas like Ghost in the Shell uh, are gone. But it's really weird. And it, it, it just leads me into another thread. Uh, quick like little tangent here. A lot of these special effects, a lot of these sequences within these movies already begin well before the movie's written and they have your actors and actresses, okay? And that's because it takes so much time. And a lot of these directors will come in and they'll they'll consult on the action sequences, but the, the studio and the production house, the special effects studio... They're already, they're already like on the track, and they're running, they're running, and they're way ahead of you. So we're in an age where there's like a marriage of these action sequences and the like, what happens in front of the lens, meaning our actors. Now we have movies like this, which I feel are a success. We have a movie like Battle Angel Lita, I think, is a success in this process. Uh, your all your Marvel movies are done this way. They're a success outside Captain Marvel. I gotta say, hey, Star Wars, Disney, say what you want, but there is, in my view, there is high drama and there's high emotion outside of these sequences. Yeah, the Disney trilogy. So we're in a complicated age. Our director is directors anymore. It's tough to tell, but this guy's talented. This guy is a visionary. This guy knows what to do. I don't know why he's just not on another major movie. I mean, he he beyond talented. So, Ruber Sanders, this this one's dedicated to you. <laughs> Shout out. So, 2017. I, I gotta tell you a little bit story before I tell you about what Ghost in the Shell's about. Because in the intro, I did say that, you know, the, the title potentially can confuse people. I need some coffee. Excuse me. So, a friend, friend of mine, John, he, he's been on this uh, podcast. We, I think the latest movie we discussed might have been um, Dunkirk or One in the Planet of the Apes, the, the last one. Uh, are those movies just completely forgettable? I think they are. Yeah, so we go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, these two movies are out at the same time, which is funny because this is the same case as Battle Angel Alita. It was at the same time as Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel pummeled it. Guardians of the Galaxy was so impactful. There was no way Guardians 2 was not going to smash 
anything around itself at the box office, and it did. This was one of the movies that smashed. We ended up in this movie. We go to the theater in Jersey. Very nice theater in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. We buy our tickets. We sit down. You know, uh, Theater 17 or whatever they tell you. But we're there. We're there. And this um, animal movie comes on. And we're like, what? And I'm thinking it's just like a vignette. You know, like a, um, you know, uh, you know, like a 15-minute segment on red pandas or whatever. Because, you know, like this, this is not uncommon. Yeah, you know, maybe it's for awareness, maybe it's for this. And we're just watching this movie. And then, like, some people trickle in, some old people have a seat. And we're just loud. Because, you know, we don't care. We're, we're not thinking it's the movie. Because the lights are not dimmed. But it's the movie. It's it's Animal Something by Disney. And, hey, look, look. Disney never stopped making those. Put those out endlessly. People need to see nature. They, they need to be... Uh, captured by the wonderment of nature. So we leave. And we, you know, the managers may be there. Or the supervisor. And we're like, what's the deal? We're here for Guardians 2. And the girl's like, oh, that moved. The theater moved. We made an announcement. And we're like, well, we didn't hear any announcement. So at this point, we have like 40 minutes to kill. 40 minutes to kill before the next showtime because you know we missed like 15 20 minutes of guardians too and we get into this movie and we sit down we watch this movie for 40 minutes and i'm like what the what the f like this thing is awesome you know like the the teenager inside of me just blossomed and i'm like what is the deal because you know i i listen to other reviewers, I listen to other commentators, I listen to what you people are saying. And the crazy thing, the crazy thing, I'll say it again, the crazy thing is that everyone had this movie done, trashed, under the bus. Uh, I don't know. This movie went through the conveyor belt and was smashed. I'm watching this movie and I'm just seeing nothing but crazy awesomeness. I'm following a little bit of what's happening. It's hard because, you know, I'm like midway into the movie. But I'm like, okay, uh, some of the anime. The Japanese animated movie that came out years before, long time before, is coming back. They're echoing visuals. They're echoing things I remember. It's like, okay, there, there's something. There is something happening with this movie. I almost don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. But we go see Guardians 2. And, and hey, I love Guardians 2. Uh, but, you know, Guardians 2, it's, it's, there's so much life that happened around that movie. But I guess we can somewhat say Guardians 2 is uh, like R.I.P. Norm. But, uh, you know, who uh, began this journey with me. Somewhat inspired it, too. Uh, you know, our Guardians discussion was somewhat of the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back because I, I view those episodes as our absolute worst because he just had nothing to say. <laughs> and it was like, uh, Norm, uh, I make a pretty big investment with this uh, time, money, 
a lot of time to figure it everything out uh to figure everything out to the point where you can just sit down and talk and you know like you, you can be a media personality through all of my hard work and and you're going to sit down and not have anything at all to say anything significant at all to say and you know that that was really something that um affected me you know and it was all around guardians too and the idea was to like build up norm to build up uh both marks and to even have lettuce life and my sister be way more regular but to kind of have some of these people uh do their own episodes and at the time the podcast was called dream warriors and i and, and i wanted dream warriors to have warriors and i did want us to have dissension and and arguments and uh you know, I you know I didn't want us to be perfect. I wanted us to be able to have different opinions, but those opinions had to be solidified and had to be solid. Now, this this is the life lesson. This goes into everything. Okay, you think I'm crazy, but it goes into everything. And by that, by that I mean that. You have to nurture yourself. You have to grow yourself. You have to experiment. And you have to be able to get opinions on nearly everything. But they they have to be grounded. They have to be thought out. They have to be true, like to you. Uh, But they also just can't be like frivolous. This is a balance. It's an internal balance. Uh, The more you know about yourself, the more comfortable you are with doing this the better the better your opinions are my opinions uh no one has my opinions and i'm so proud of that but it took a lot of time it took a lot of pain so this movie guardians 2 it's like you know the story with (laughs) how i saw this in the theater or 40 minutes of it and then it's almost like you know uh the the flip side is the uh, somewhat falling out between Norm and I, and look, I worked with Norm for such a long time, and uh, to really get him uh, to a level of at least writing down some of your thoughts, you know, the discipline of that. I look, I'm in the process of moving. I am scanning piles of paper by the thousands to move uh, because I take that many notes, and and I'm organizing them before I move like you know like i i'm very well dedicated to what i tell you people and where it's coming from so this movie blows me away uh i buy it on amazon prime when it becomes available which i you know i just bought uncut gems cannot wait to see uncut gems cannot wait cannot wait but like now i buy these movies as soon as they become available because I, I, I just think that's amazing. And this movie sat. It sat. You can call it my cue or whatever. But it sat there for a while. And I waited. And I waited. And then I just was like. Boom. Pulled the trigger. Started watching it. And. Again. Haven't seen the anime. But watching this movie. From beginning to end. I knew. I knew the anime. And the visuals they were storyboards they were pre-built sequences and these people nailed bringing that to life making it look real 
bringing it to a new generation. Now, the funny thing is, though, most of these anime and manga concepts are a very small niche audience, and they're that for a reason. Now, that doesn't mean they're not insanely influential and impactful and big. They are, but they're not broad. This, the previous episode, Battle Angel Lita and Priest echo that. You know, what they've done visually on a massive scale uh, to what they appeal to is nearly perfectly done. Meaning, they can't do anything more, they can't do anything better, but they do have a reach and that reach is limited. And I, and I believe it's just from the concept alone, it's from the visual alone. Ghost in the Shell can only go so far. It doesn't matter if you spent, spent $110 million dollars. It doesn't. You could have had anyone else in this role. It would. Have, I feel like it kind of would have done the same. Same with Battle Angel Alita. So where? What's the deal? You know, the technology caught up to these ideas. Finally, we can bring them to life. We can bring them to a new generation. And what does that do? It's the the new generation that comes in to discover this movie is going to be impacted on it the same exact way as with the anime because the anime was limited. Meaning you had to know where to go to buy the VHS. You had to hunt down the VHS. There were multiple versions. There were multiple dubs. Uh, bootleg at one point. That was the only way you could see anime. This is the same. Now, will we ever have a big budget anime like bonkers, successful, make a ton of money type success? And what would that be? Our two best bets, you know, and unless someone comes in and, you know, like takes a property and just like turns the world upside down with it, you know, you know, like Demon City or something. Okay. Which would be my pick. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's unlikely. Okay. But I would go with Akira and I would go with Robotech. Those have been flirting in Hollywood. They've been floating around. So many people have flirted with them. Uh, it's a very long list. Okay. Uh, Guy Tiki or Tiki Wataki, the dude that did Thor Ragnarok that just won the Oscar for Jojo Rabbit. Uh, he was on Akira like before signing into Thor 4 or Thor Love and Thunder. It's there. People love flirting with these ideas. They really do. Uh, Leo. You know, Leo's, uh, I think, at one time, Leonardo DiCaprio connected to both Akira and Robotech. So I'm droning on here. But Ghost in the Shell it essentially is Robocop. Meaning, the idea that Robocop is, you cannot take the soul out of the machine once you make a cyborg out of a human being, that soul still will speak and it will still desire things and it'll want to, you know, the human condition. It's no different than Cool Hand Luke. That's what Ghost in the Shell means, okay? Now, working in IT, I use the term ghost in the machine a lot, meaning that, uh, hey, we're in an age of automation, we're in an age of plug and play, we're in an age of automatic updates, but there's still ghosts in the machine, crazy things still happen. But this movie is so special. This movie is such a fun flick. 
uh, I watched the anime right after I saw this, and that's going to be our next episode. We're going to do our first anime. How's that for crazy? Uh, 284. <laughs> but overall, um, I watched the two back to back, and I will say, like, this movie does the concepts and sells the story better than the anime. It really does. I always felt like the anime was too short. Same with Battle Angel. The animes just weren't there. And I never got into the the fullness of the uh, manga because of most of his availability. And younger, I put my money towards other things when I was growing up. And collected editions were tough. Dark Horse one time had a collected edition of Ghost in the Shell that it might have been around like 30 plus dollars and i'm not even sure you got like all of it but that was even like a lot back then for a black and white trade paperback and and it, a lot of these things were easy to pass on but they fell into a niche they fell into a dedicated audience and that's always what anime and manga have been like even right down to pokemon and dragon ball z which are like the pinnacle of popularity but they're also very broad simple bright ideas easy to be consumed not like this this is very different but i will put this movie if you want to watch blade runner don't watch the final cut of blade runner we don't do that here watch blade runner the original theatrical release with the narration then you can watch this then you can watch blade runner 2049 then you can <laughs> then you can watch battle angel alita and and now now like you, you see where i'm going now we have this stack of i guess you know i guess if you want to call it cyberpunk it's it's a cyberpunk cinematic stack uh and it's pretty damn cool like i, I just i love it now i would even kind of put uh there's a there's a little bit of like judge dread there's the uh, stallone judge dread in that mix also i'm telling you it's cool i think what they did with this movie it's just amazing. This movie's a must-watch. This movie's a must-watch if you enjoy f the future. If you enjoy cyborgs. If you if you like that visual. If you like that type of storytelling. If you like uh, science fiction and and just the crazy ideas that science fiction brings to the table. This is the movie. But this, if you like RoboCop, you can watch this movie. They're nearly the same exact story. But this movie also has one of the best opening credit sequences I've ever seen. It's one of my favorites. Uh, maybe one day I'll do like a top 10 opening credit sequences. No, I'm not going to put Deadpool <laughs> into it. But Deadpool's amazing though. But look, everyone, I love you. Thanks for hanging out with me. I have to go. I'm in the process of moving. Our next episode is episode 284. And it will be Ghost in the Shell again. The anime. And I'll get more into the concepts of this story and the ideas and why i feel they're important and somewhat abandoned that's right a lot of these concepts are just gone um and they were fascinating concepts at one time and we're there at some of these concepts also which is kind of cool but anyway everyone i love you rock and roll peter a deluca signing out this is aka pads audio audacity podcast